We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Monday, October the 12th, 2020. On today's show, it's a victory Monday, Carolina fans. We get to talk about South Carolina's 41-7 to win over the Vanderbilt Commodores. I'll dive into the game. Also, new segment. I'll give you my biggest takeaway from Saturday and also hand out some TSUS game balls. But breaking down everything that happened on Saturday that happened over the weekend as the Gamecocks get their first win on the season, beating down Vanderbilt 41-7. to Also, some news and notes to get into. Your listener questions, voicemails. And we have a fantastic conversation. 2021 quarterback commitment. Colton Gauthier joins the show. I have a phenomenal conversation with him. He will be on campus in January. And again, we have a great combo. Talk about the recruiting process, how he's handling COVID right now, what he's doing to get better, why he chose South Carolina, all that good stuff. So sit back, relax, enjoy, folks. It is all brought to you by our friends over at My Bookie. Guys, we're getting kind of spoiled right now as sports fans. So much football going on. The NFL is doing all this rescheduling, which means we've got football on tonight. We've got football Tuesday night. Uh, Thursday night football, all weekend, obviously. Sports as a whole. We got postseason playoff with playoffs with baseball, the finals, all that good stuff. At my bookie, guys, it can only mean one thing. It is winning season. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contests, survivor, and more. At my bookie, winning season's all about your chance to win big, guys. You can bet anything. Like I said, bet the NBA finals. You can bet Major League Baseball playoffs, UFC, NFL, college football. Whatever you want to bet, anything and everything, the craziest sports time of your lifetime is here. Guys, it's really simple. Make your picks, win big, and collect your cash. Invest in your intuition. Select from hundreds of future bets, or you can bet games in real time with MyBookie's live betting. Put that big brain of yours to good use. Go to MyBookie.ag. That's MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code GAMECOCKS and double your first deposit. Guys, new players get it to $1,000 in free play. So what that means, you go to MyBookie.ag, use the promo code GAMECOCKS, you put in 500, guess what? They're going to match it. You put in 1,000, they're going to match that too, and it's free play. So if you lose the bet, you don't lose any money out of your account. If you win, you get it in your account, guys. It is a win-win. You can't lose in that scenario. It's designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Thousands across sports wagers, props, and parlays await. Sign up now to bet with the best and celebrate your victory. Again, guys, that is our friends, MyBookie. That's MyBookie.ag mybookie.ag promo code gamecocks mybookie.ag promo code gamecocks your winning season against today only at mybookie let's get it
guys. I'm Chris Phillips, Ghost of Spurs Up Show, as always. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Happy Monday. Happy Victory Monday, I should say, by the way. You know, it's always you're always in a little better mood on a Monday for sure when uh, your team secures a win over the weekend. But that's what we're going to talk about today. South Carolina locking down that first W of the 2020 season, beating the absolute hell out of the Vanderbilt Commodores. And I say that with glee because... It feels so good, guys. Again, hope you're having a fantastic Monday, whether you're on the way to work, on the way home, whether you're in the office, whether you got the day off. I don't know. Whatever you're doing, appreciate you tuning in. However you're listening, whenever you're listening, appreciate you guys tuning in. Before we get to everything, obviously, a couple housekeeping items, a couple of big announcements, things I'm really excited for. First and foremost, as always, if you have not done so, do me a favor. Take five seconds out of your day trying to hit 500 reviews by the end of this season. I think we're at 320 or so, maybe a little bit more. I'm trying to get to 500, though. So if you have not done so, guys, take five seconds out of your day, whether you're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. Does not matter the platform. Go leave five stars. Leave your thoughts, your feedback. Hey, if there's things you like, things you don't like, we want to hear more of, less of, whatever it may be, go leave a five-star review and go leave your feedback, whatever it is. I'd love to read through those reviews and just see what people have to say. Again, things they like about the show, don't like it, whatever. But again, leave your thoughts, your feedback. I'd really appreciate it. Also. If you're tuned in and you're not subscribed, not sure what you're doing, hammer that subscribe button. Also, if you're not following on social media, be sure to check out the Spurs Up Show on social media. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Trying to hit 1,000 subscribers. We're less than 200 away. For those who have done so, I truly appreciate it. But if you're not, hammer the subscribe button on YouTube. So again, rate and subscribe if you've already done so. Thank you so much for doing that. I truly appreciate you. Also, very excited to announce, extremely excited. You, you guys probably saw this on social media, but very excited to announce we have a new sponsor, Yardware Signs. I'm going to talk about them in just a second, but Yardware Signs, very, very excited to partner with these guys. And really, I want to take the time, guys, and just say thank you to you. Um, I want to say thank you to you guys because, honestly, without the fans, without the listeners, without the subscribers, without the people that support, without the people that consume the content – Nothing like this would be possible. So thank you to you guys. Thank you for the support, the love, the appreciation for everything. Again, it, it does not go unnoticed from me, and I, I'm eternally grateful to all of you for making this a possibility. And, I, and I'm very excited. And I'm going to talk about them in just a second, but I'm very, very excited to partner up with these guys. Yardware Signs, it's so specific. It's so It really hits my niche market, obviously, which is Gamecock fans, because it's specifically a Gamecock product. I'm extremely excited extremely excited to be working with these guys. Again, I'm going to talk about them in just a second. Also, want to remind you and let you guys know, Watch Party is on for Saturday at Overtime Bar and Grill yet again. Thank you to those who came out on this past Saturday for the Vanderbilt game. It's a lot of fun. I know it's kind of weird getting in there for a noon game, whatever, but you guys are making a fantastic experience. And thank you guys who have tuned into the Daily Crow, too, the pregame, postgame. That's been a blast. Um, obviously, doing that Monday through Friday, noon to one, but been doing them for the games, pregame and postgame, they've been, they've been a success. I love taking the questions, giving you guys my thoughts, whatever. But we're doing it again this Saturday. Watch party at Overtime Bar and Grill for the Auburn game. Again, exact same schedule. We have yet another noon kickoff. Yippee. Um, a home game, though. So Columbia will be jumping, I'm sure. Obviously, it's a big game. But doors open at 11. We'll be going live in the pregame show, 11 to 11.30. And then immediately following the game, we'll be doing the postgame show. But kickoff at noon, watch party Saturday, Overtime Bar and Grill. I'll have all the details on social media with the special stuff like that. But I'll tell you guys, I was at Overtime over the weekend. 
I smashed their wings. We had wings. We had fries. We had fried okra. We had fried pickles. I mean, it was a blast. They've got cold drinks, great beer, good times, great people. The people that work in there really make the experience as well. They are awesome people. Their service is fantastic. So be sure to check them out, Overtime Bar and Grill. And come watch South Carolina, hopefully, get the upset against the Auburn Tigers. Um, But we'll talk about Auburn a little bit later this week, obviously. Okay. Let's dive into this thing. South Carolina beats Vanderbilt 41 to 7. But I just told you guys about our new sponsor. Before I do, I want to talk to you guys about my friends over at Yardware because today's show is brought to you by Yardware. Guys, again, I'm extremely excited to be working with these guys. Yardware is a veteran owned and operating company licensed by the University of South Carolina. That is a big deal if you didn't know. They are licensed by USC. They're selling must have Carolina yard and wall signs. Selling yard and wall signs. You can put them both in your yard or on your wall. I'm actually getting one for my studio, and I'm extremely excited because these things are dope. They look fantastic. The signs, they're high quality, too. They're made of 12-gauge laser-cut steel, and they come in both garnet and black. So whatever you prefer, you can get a garnet one, you can get a black one, you can get both, whatever it may be. Football season's in full swing, and guys, don't don't look now. We're actually coming up on the holidays. We're coming up on Christmas time. I know we've got Halloween in a couple weeks, but after that – You know, everybody's doing their Christmas shopping. They're getting gifts for their loved ones or their friends or whatever it may be. Christmas is right around the corner, guys. This is an awesome gift to get someone. A great stocking stuffer. You can order yours today at YardwareSigns.com. But let me tell you a little about these signs. You look at them. It's Again, it's so perfect for any Gamecock fan. This is the perfect gift if you want to give this to someone. Again, they're only $34.95, so they're not going to break the bank. They're not very expensive, but it's an awesome awesome piece to have in the house, to have in the yard, to have in the man cave, to have in the garage, wherever, wherever you want to hang it. It's an awesome piece. Again, 12 gauge laser cut steel. So you know, these things are really, really high quality. I highly suggest again, especially with Christmas coming up, the holidays, this is just the perfect gift to get someone. It's not going to break the bank. Any Gamecock fam will love it, obviously. Um, I mean, go look at them on the website again, yardwaresigns.com. They look fantastic, and they're going to look fantastic, again, like I said, in your house, in your, your yard, wherever you want. The guys also, let me say, the guys that, that, that run Yardware Signs, that own Yardware, fantastic people, so you should definitely support. And they're Gamecock fans. Why not? So, again, that's our friends at yardwaresigns.com. I cannot recommend them enough. Go check out yardwaresigns.com to get your yard or wall signed today. Again, big Gamecock fans, shout out to Yardware Signs. I'm extremely excited to be working with those guys. All right, let's dive into it. South Carolina beats Vanderbilt 41-7. to Like I told you guys in the intro, I am going to add, by the way, a couple of pieces or a couple of segments, quote-unquote, if you will, to the recap. So from now on, obviously going to talk about the game as normal, like I do every single week, but I'm also going to give you guys my biggest takeaway from the game, which I guess I kind of did already. But my biggest takeaway, and I'm also going to hand out some game balls because we've got some guys that even losses, win or loss, we've got guys that are balling out. They deserve game balls. So I'm going to start handing out game balls every single week, hypothetical or proverbial game balls, however you want to call it. But anyways, let's talk about this again. South Carolina gets the win 41 to 7. Obviously, it was very shaky to start just 10 nothing at half. And, you know, I went on social media and I put up my halftime report as always and, uh, Yeah, I basically said we're not a very good football team, and thank God Vanderbilt's worse. Um, I I do want to say, because you guys obviously noticed after the game, listen, soak it in, Gamecock fans. Like I said, this season's crazy. 2020 is crazy. Maybe South Carolina will win seven more in a row. Maybe they'll finish up the season eight and two. I highly doubt it. But I listen, I I know it was Vandy, and I'm not going to be one of those people that were on social media saying, oh, my God, it was just Vandy. Like, I feel like people should recognize it's just Vandy. And I told you guys before the game, 
no matter if South Carolina wins 50 to nothing, no matter if the Gamecocks win 100 to nothing, it, it doesn't – I'm not all of a sudden going to come on the podcast on Monday and say, oh, that's the one. South Carolina needed to beat Vandy. They're turning the corner now for Muschamp. Like, no. I think we all understood what the task was at hand. The Gamecocks were a two-touchdown favorite. I talked all last week. They were the better team. They were the more talented team. And they should have imposed their will. And they should have dominated. But to see South Carolina actually go out and do it, it feels good. It feels good. How many times have South Carolina teams gone out, played down to their competition, not taking care of business in a football game like this? So it felt good to see South Carolina do it. Again, I'm not going to sit here and preach as well, and I'm not going to be one of those people on social media, which I didn't see a ton of, by the way. Um, I saw people complaining about it more than I saw it. But apparently there were people saying, you know, oh, it's Vandy, don't celebrate, don't be happy, whatever. Again, I understand where you're coming from. I know it's Vandy. Listen, Vandy, I don't think they'll win a game this year. Like I think that is by far the worst team in the SEC. There's no question. But to see South Carolina, again, especially after a rocky, rocky start, and the game had a very weird vibe to it. I talked about this on social media, but the game had a very weird vibe to it, just in the sense it was a noon game. It was two 0-2 teams. It was rainy. You just felt like you're like, where's the energy? I mean, especially at half when it's 10 nothing, And you're sitting there thinking to yourself, like, where's the energy? But South Carolina, again, going out, you did what you needed to do. You, you know, I thought offensively Colin Hill had a very Colin Hill performance, 16 to 24, 196 yards. 8.2 yards in tip. Didn't have a touchdown, but didn't have a pick either. Um, I thought it was really interesting how limited Shy Smith was in this game. Four catches for 46 yards. I would have liked to have seen them get it to other guys a little more often. I will say this. You get Dak Joyner on the field. What do you know? He touches the ball. He goes 47 yards for a touchdown. He finally touches it, and he gets in the end zone. I don't think I have to say he needs to touch the football more. But you had Nick Muse of a solid day, five for 85. He's going to be a key piece for this offense, obviously. It was nice to see him catch the football, not throwing shade, but he's had his issues with the drops. But five catches for 85 yards, I think he can be a big target, a big weapon for Colin Hill in this offense. And again, you, we know they're going to utilize the tight end. Again, as many guys as you can get going, as many weapons as you can find, per se, this South Carolina offense desperately needs it. Nick Muse, I think, can be a guy. You had Xavier Leggett, two for 30. Kevin Harris, four for 29. Josh Van won for six, but that's what it comes back to. I just mentioned his name, Kevin Harris. Wow, Kevin Harris. What a game. 21 for 171, two touchdowns, averaged 8.1 yards per carry, and a long of 88. 88 yards, the longest touchdown run since. This is a trivia question. Bobby Wallace. Bobby Wallace. Who is it against, though? Who is it against? I'll give you a second. I'll give you a second. Five, four, three, two, one. One ding, 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 ding. Middle Tennessee State. Middle Tennessee State. For those that guess, congratulations. Give yourself a pat on the back. But seriously, Kevin Harris, phenomenal job. Um, the offensive line, I, th I, th I really this entire team really woke up at halftime. I don't know if Muschamp chewed their asses or what, but this offensive line, I thought this team, again, as a whole, really imposed their will in the second half. Again, it was what South Carolina should have done. I thought the defense all day was suffocating again. You took advantage of a bad Vanderbilt offense. And, again, I, I say everything with a grain of salt or whatever, and I'm not sitting here telling you guys all of a sudden that, oh, my God, the Gamecocks are this fantastic team and they're, they're world beaters and they're just going to kill everybody. Again, it's like I told you guys last week. No matter what happens against Vandy, obviously, of course, unless you lose, but you get a big win. You beat a team you were supposed to beat. You beat a team you were supposed to beat. And it was just nice to see South Carolina for a change, though, for the first time in a while. I mean, it really didn't even happen last year. I guess Charleston Southern, yeah, it did. But and especially in an SEC game, to see the Gamecocks impose their will, 
to see a team a team go out there and beat a lesser opponent by the margin they did to beat a lesser opponent the way you should have done again Ken Seals he did have some success again I think the secondary continues to be a bit of a question mark um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it RJ Roderick I don't know what in the world's going on with him um I don't know. I, I thought I was actually surprised how much Shiloh Sanders played, and I thought he played pretty decently. Um, had some big hits in the game, obviously, but you held Ken Seals 17 for 24, so the completion percentage a little high for my liking, but 148 yards, 6.2 an attempt. He did have that touchdown. I will say they had, you know, South Carolina's defense had that ugly drive in the third quarter, but I mean, outside of that, you hold him to seven points. You also held, I, I read this stat today on social media, and, uh, you know, give, give kudos to the Gamecocks defense because, again, it, it certainly hasn't been pretty. I've been tough on them. Everybody's been tough on them. But South Carolina held Vandy to 1 of 11 on third down, which is 9%. 1 of 11 through three games. South Carolina's defense leads the SEC in third downs, limiting their opponents to 6 of 31. That is 19%. And, listen, I understand if you were commenting, oh, you know, Florida didn't have to get in third down. They were converting on first and second. I, I totally understand. I totally understand. I'm not sitting here trying to tell you how all this defense is so great. I know they have their question marks. I know they have their issues. But give credit where credit's due. That's pretty damn good, in my opinion. Uh, you, you hold Vanderbilt to 33 carries for 76 yards. Um, you got to Ken Seals, I think it's five times. Um, or how many times? Let's see. See, I've got the box. Let's see, team stats. How many times did you sack Ken Seals? And it's not showing me. Okay, because I'm on the ESPN. Whatever. Anyway, anyways, you were able to get pressure on him. I, I thought you saw South Carolina defense. Again, you outgained Vanderbilt 485 to 249. Um, 101 on fourth down. You went six of 14 offensively. Not bad. Again, I don't really understand why it took South Carolina to, so long to get going. But once you got going, you really got going. And 289 yards on the ground. That That is the, that is the recipe for success for this team. Uh, again, I thought Colin Hill for the third straight week, again, gave you a very Colin Hill performance. I have no issues with the way he's been playing. I know there are some fans that are still clamoring for Ryan Holinsky. And I just, at this point, guys, I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because I just truly don't understand what, what you're watching if you think there needs to be a quarterback switch. I, I, Colin Hill is doing nothing to lose the job. At this point, we understand. I'm not going to call him a game manager. Hell, he had a rushing touchdown. Dual threat quarterback alert. Dual threat quarterback alert. No, seriously. <laughs> but, uh, no, Colin Hill's playing beautiful football, in my opinion. We, we understand at this point. I wouldn't call him a game manager, but he's a guy, hey, he's not going to go out there and necessarily win the game for you. He's not going to go throw for 350 or do anything crazy or out of the ordinary, but he's not throwing you out of the football game either. He's not throwing. He has one turnover on the season that really – I put 50% of it on Shai Smith. Like, that was a 50-50 mistake. Um but overall, like I said, you win the time of possession again, 31 to 28. Um, you had four penalties, whatever, whatever. Uh, you win the turnover margin two to one. Overall, it was a good day for the Gamecocks. I, I will say there's still some things I want to see short up in special teams. Um, defensively, obviously, it's not perfect. You know, offensively, hell, there are still things to work on. But you saw a Gamecocks football team that, like I said all last week, South Carolina's more talented. South Carolina's the better team. Hell, I said that a couple times last year, and South Carolina went out and lost. So to see a Gamecocks team go out there, handle its business, impose its will, take advantage of, again, a, a bad opponent. It's Vandy. It, it's Vandy. It's just like DJ Swearinger said on social media on Sunday, which if you guys saw or didn't see, Gamecocks football putting up a video, you know, basically bragging about Jordan Birch's big hit, which I will say kudos to Jordan Birch. I think he's played fantastic through three weeks, and I think he needs to see the field more. 
There's no question. Get your young talent on the football field, especially defensively and especially with the way Birch is playing. He delivered the big blow, but you saw DJ Swearinger's comment saying, this is Vandy. It's Vandy. Don't hype it up. It's Vandy. We beat Vandy when I was there. You know what else we did? We beat Clemson five in a row. We beat Alabama. We beat Tennessee. We beat Georgia. I understand where he's coming from, and I, I don't totally disagree with him. Like, I, I'm not – you're not going to hear me or see me pounding my chest and saying, oh, how great South Carolina is because they beat Vandy. But, again, if you're a Gamecock fan, there is certainly nothing wrong in really soaking this one up and enjoying it. I mean, honestly, that's what I've been doing since Saturday. I mean, just – again – I said on social media, I don't know how many times we're going to get this feeling for the rest of the season. Um, obviously, the heat really turns up now as you take on Auburn, LSU, Texas A&M, and Ole Miss all in a row. And then guess what? After that, you take on Missouri, who just beat LSU. And then after that, you got to take on Georgia. So these next six or seven weeks are going to be as brutal a stretch as any we've seen for South Carolina football. But on this Saturday, October the 10th, 2020, the Gamecocks found a way to get the job done. They found a way to get the job done. Again, what started out as a slow start. You're only up 10 nothing and a half. The, game, the guys come out. Kudos to the guys, by the way, for coming out with that energy, that intensity in the second half. You score 31 points. Um, again, overall, and I, I think the question coming out of this game now, again, it's just Vandy. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not drawing any, any major conclusions from this game or, you know, whatever, but I pose the question, is a game like this maybe the game that sort of you know gets that positive momentum going maybe it, does it does it quote unquote turn around the season I think maybe that's too much of a stretch to say but does it give a football team that was going through tor- turmoil and was reeling coming into the Vandy game does it give them a sense of confidence now just something again like I said to feel good about that they so desperately needed now do you have that extra spark that extra energy Going up against an Auburn, which we know is a huge game, only a two-and-a-half-point spread. The Gamecocks are going to have a chance to win that football game. You look at, again, I, I just talked about how daunting the schedule is, but a lot of those games are winnable. Auburn's winnable. I think LSU now is winnable. I mean, my God, what has happened to LSU? Texas A&M just beat Florida, but who knows with A&M? And you get them at home at night at Willie B. Ole Miss scares me because how good their offense is, but Ole Miss isn't a world beater. You look at Missouri. Obviously, Missouri is not a world beater. They just beat LSU, but they're not a world beater at all. That was their first win on the year. Georgia, I'm a little nervous. Well, I'm actually very nervous about Georgia, and I'm not very optimistic you win that one. But, uh, hell, you beat them last year, and you got them at home. And then Kentucky, they just beat Mississippi State, but they just got their first one on the year. So, this season can still, believe it or not, and I can't genuinely believe I'm saying it, this season could still be a success. Like, there's still a path maybe to five wins. It's still a possibility. And again, this is me obviously looking at the positives. I know this is still a flawed football team. I understand there are still issues with this football team. Defensively, this team needs to be shored up. Offensively, okay, great. You ran it for 289 yards. Can you continue to do that week after week after week? Because, again, you're going to take on better teams. You're going to take on better teams. I think Vandy might be the worst Power 5 football team in the country. Like, to be totally honest with you, I told you guys all week, they are bad. Who is going to beat you? Who on their roster scares you? And I think you saw that on Saturday. But again, this is a Gamecocks team and a Gamecocks program that has not always taken advantage. They've not always come out in a game like this and did what they should have done. I mean, I think specifically there have been some ugly wins on in the Will Muschamp area. Hell, there, there have been ugly wins since the beginning of time with Gamecock football. You think, you know, Louisiana Tech, you need a last-second field goal to beat them a few years ago. 
hell, you lost to App State last year. I, I mean, so to see a Gamecock football team come out, impose their will, establish dominance, and again, get the 34-point win. Whenever you're able to for South Carolina, when you're South Carolina or anybody, but when you're able to put your backup quarterback in there at the end of the game, that's a good sign. So again, Gamecock did a huge win, 41-7. to Let's move into my biggest takeaways and hand out some game balls as well. Or my biggest takeaway, if you will. My biggest takeaway from Saturday. My biggest takeaway from Saturday is that this offense needs to run through Kevin Harris. Kudos to Kevin Harris. Shout out to Kevin Harris. The best Gamecocks running back, in my opinion, I would say without a doubt, since Mike Davis. And he's very similar to Mike Davis. I mean, this is a dude, you better bring more than one guy if you're going to bring him down. He runs through contact. He runs through wimpy tacklers. He seeks contact. I think Kevin Harris enjoys running over people. I mean, he's literally a muscle hamster. I saw that on social media over the weekend. That is a fantastic way to put it. That is a phenomenal way to put it. He's a muscle hamster. He's just a ball of muscle, and you get him in the hole and you get him ahead of steam, who's going to bring him down? I feel like he's one of those guys you can depend on. If you got a third and short, fourth and short even, you can depend on Kevin Harris to get you the yard or two or even three that you need. Um, Overall, again, a, a beautiful performance from Kevin Harris. 171 on the ground. He also had four catches out of the backfield. South Carolina was going to the swing pass game early. They were going that early, and it was working very, very well for him. So, you know, in a season where I said that nobody on this roster was going to be able to replace Marshawn Lloyd, nobody in this running back room was going to give you what Marshawn Lloyd could give you. And that still may be true. Honestly, that still may be true at this point. But I, I tell you what, Kevin Harris to me is a guy that, like I said before the game, you know, he had 21 carries in this one. And I like the fact, you know, you were still able to split it up. I thought Deshaun Fenwick looked good when he got his opportunities. Um, only had five carries, but hell, he ran for 28 yards. Um, averaged over five yards a carry. So I thought that, uh, you know, Deshaun Fenwick played well when he got his touches. But 21 touches for Kevin Harris on the ground. He had four catches as well. This is a guy, again, that needs to be touching the football in some capacity 25 to 30 times a game. This offense needs to run through Kevin Harris. I talked about the importance of running the football before the season. I I don't think there's a game, and I still will say it at this point, I don't think South Carolina wins a football game when they don't rush for over 100 yards. Like I, I, I think you see now with this offense, and you see what Mike Bobo wants to do, this offense needs to run through Kevin Harris. Kevin Harris needs to be the focal point. He's shown you everything you need to see at this point. He's ran for four touchdowns already. He's running through people. He's running over people. He showed you the burst of speed on the long 88-yard touchdown run. The offense needs to run through Kevin Harris. The offense needs to run through Kevin Harris. This dude is legit. He's shown you he's truly RB1, which I think is fantastic. And hell, how exciting is it, Gamecock fans, to think about for the next couple of years, Marshawn Lloyd and Kevin Harris together in that backfield. Holy, can you imagine if South Carolina had Marshawn Lloyd right now? It'd be unbelievable. It'd be crazy. So again, my biggest takeaway from Saturday, the offense needs to run through Kevin Harris 110%. Let's hand out some game balls really quickly before we get to your questions and kind of wrap things up. Um, let's start on offense. And again, I, I've been talking about him. I'm going to say it again, Kevin Harris. Kevin Harris deserves the game ball in this one, 21 for 171, um, 8.1 yards per carry, had two touchdowns, had the long 88-yard touchdown. That really, I really thought that was the moment the, the game got blown open. I mean, it was still, you know, a blowout, and you felt good about it before that, but that one really blew the game open. Um, again, 21 for 171, also had four catches for 29 yards, 7.3 yards per catch. 
fantastic job. Fantastic job from Kevin Harris. It's crazy to see what he's evolved into. I mean, really, because I, you know, I, I thought South Carolina had enough guys to have serviceable backs and, you know, it'd be, it'd be solid. And we, we'd see a running back by committee approach, but Kevin Harris has separated himself. There is no question. He has separated themselves. So, of course, my game ball on offense goes to Kevin Harris. Defensively, I'm going to hand the game ball Ernest Jones. Ernest Jones was a guy, guys, 13 total tackles, seven solo tackles. He had a sack. He had three tackles for loss. And, by the way, here are the sack numbers. The Gamecocks with three sacks on the day. Three sacks on the day and had a pick. Cam Smith, which beautiful that Cam Smith, after the way the season started, to get some redemption, if you will, to get that interception. Impressive interception, too. Very impressive interception. But I got to give the ball to Ernest Jones, man. 13 total tackles. He really played truly like that all-SEC guy. He had three tackles for loss as well. Had that huge fourth down stop on the goal line, which, again, the Gamecocks defense, it, it certainly bended at times. It was certainly bending, whatever. But I'll tell you, when the Gamecocks needed a stop, they got it. They got it. And, again, I know it's Vanderbilt. I'm not trying to hype up this defense. You got a much taller task this weekend against Bo Nix and that Auburn offense and Gus Malzahn and Chad Morris and those guys. But again, you took advantage of a lesser opponent. You took advantage of a Vandy D or offense that's reeling. And again, Ernest Jones, to me, really spearheaded that. So I'm going to give my, def my defensive game ball to Ernest Jones. Again, 13 total tackles. Dude was an absolute force on Saturday. So again, my game ball is offensively Kevin Harris, defensively Ernest Jones. And just wrapping up again, good win. It feels good. You celebrate this one for 24 hours. You move on to Auburn. But Gamecock fans, soak it up. Soak it in. Enjoy it. Again, like I said, 2020 is a crazy year. You might win seven in a row, but you also might lose seven in a row. So who knows what could happen for one weekend. We at least get to feel good. Again, Gamecocks getting the big dominating win, 41-7 to over Vandy. And it feels good to take a breath, breath of fresh air, breathe in that victory, that victory scent. Feels great. Feels great. So, all right, let's move into quick news and notes really quickly. Just one thing to go over, then we'll get into your listener questions and voicemails. South Carolina opens up as a two-and-a-half-point underdog against the Auburn Tigers. Just two-and-a-half. So, Vegas sees it as a close game. I'll tell you this just off the jump, guys. I see it as a close game. I'll obviously reveal my prediction later in this week. But a big-time opportunity, man. A big-time opportunity at home against the Auburn Tigers. They're reeling, obviously. Probably should have lost to Arkansas. Um, you know, Auburn's got their issues. Got basically shut out against Georgia. Um, which Georgia's defense is phenomenal, but there's an opportunity there. There's an opportunity against Auburn to get a big-time win. And we've seen a ton of upsets, obviously. I mean, look over the weekend. Missouri, my God. Um, we've seen a ton of upsets. Could this be the weekend? Could this be the weekend at home? Again, it's a noon kickoff. I wish it was a night game for Willie B and for that place to be rocking, whatever. But the opportunity's there, man. You're only a two-and-a-half-point dog. I'll be very interested to see which way this line goes throughout the week over-under also. Set at 49-and-a-half. You know, defense seems like it's optional in the SEC this year, so I could certainly see that going over. We'll give my best bet later in the week as well. But two-and-a-half-point dog, you've got an opportunity to make some noise at home, get your season back on track, get to 500. Certainly, certainly, I think if you can get the win, it changes the it changes the outlook for the rest of your season. It without a doubt changes the outlook for the rest of your season. You all of a sudden say to yourself, hey, maybe we can hit that five and five mark that I talked about. So again, Gamecocks opening up as a two and a half point dog to the Auburn Tigers over under set at 49 and a half. All right, let's get into your listener voicemails. I'm very excited. It's funny, by the way, I meant to say this at the beginning of the show. You guys would not believe 
the content over a game weekend, I, I think it's probably because it was just Vandy too, but the content doesn't pop nearly as much when we win versus when we lose. That's the craziest thing to me, but I get it. Again, it was just Vandy. And I, I, you know, everybody wants to jump on when we lose and, and give their opinion. Whatever. Either way. Appreciate you guys leaving the voicemails. We got uh, we got five here to go through. Then we'll go to your listener questions, and then we'll wrap things up and get into this Colton Gothier interview. Let's go ahead and start. Just want to say congratulations to the Gamecocks. Well earned, well deserved. It was time they needed something positive to happen. Keep it going, boys. Indeed. Appreciate your call. Very simple, sweet, to the point. Keep it rolling. That's the type of voicemail I like to hear and start us off here on a Monday. All right, let's get into this next one. Chris, what's up, man? This is Ken from Jacksonville, Florida. Um, to be completely honest, going into this game, I was actually pretty nervous about Vanderbilt just because they're kind of this team year after year that really doesn't kind of have anything to uh, be scared of. So they just kind of play wild. We saw that kind of on them going for it with the uh, fake punt and all that. But I thought the team started out uh, pretty slow. Um, the secondary, I'm still seeing hit sticks from people in the secondary instead of wrap-up tackles, which if you go back and you see the game, you'll see a few players who just not doing the wrap-up tackles. So I definitely think like your halftime analysis and kind of how you're feeling was the same thing we were all feeling. I, I was kind of worried that, you know, maybe we tossed this one up. But good news is it seems like we were kind of kicking on all cylinders and, and got it figured out. The offense was great. Kevin Harris killed it. And then, of course, uh, you know, Colin Hill just did a really, really great job with quarterback. He's obviously QB number one. Um, really nitpicky um, when we sent Holinsky out towards the end. I would have liked to see him air out the ball, get some chances to air out the ball instead of just, you know, using him as a runner or just hand it off the whole time. But, you know, that's just little stuff. Good news is we beat them about the same that LSU beat them uh, the week prior. So it's a really good look for us. Um, I guess a huge question I have kind of coming down the pipe now. Um, if you start looking at the SEC as a whole, I only see a few teams to where, honestly, I see good defense. UF is struggling on defense. Missouri is struggling on defense. We're seeing more of these SEC games. They're becoming shootout instead of really defensive uh, I guess, you know, matchups. It's all about the offense, or that's at least what it looks like from my perspective. So with the teams we have coming up ahead, Auburn, uh, Texas A&M, LSU, kind of what, what, what are your thoughts about us matching up with them? Because I think we have a good defense when it plays well. So if we can get all the pieces set and get those players where they need to be and have a good lockdown defense, we might be able to turn one or two of those games. Just wanted to... See what you thought. Thanks a lot for the time. All right, Ken, appreciate the voicemail. Now, you hit on a lot of good points. I, I will say it, it's crazy. You know, you mentioned you were you were nervous going in this game. And, you know, I, I said it before the game. I had a, a level, a feeling of uneasiness that I was very surprised to be having. But, you know, it was just one of those things where we knew, again, South Carolina was the more talented team. They were the better team. But would they go out and do it? And again, it, it was nice to see a team go out there and establish dominance, establish they were the better team, establish they had more talent, all that good stuff. I do agree with you. There are still issues defensively. The tackling needs to get better. It wasn't perfect. But overall, again, the defense did what it needed to do. You held them to seven points. You held them to one touchdown. I, I know there were some drives where certainly left some things to be desired. And this defense needs to continue to improve. Like I said, I'm, I'm certainly not saying, and I'm not backing off my criticism, and I'm not saying that this defense, oh, my God, all of a sudden they figured it out because they held a bad Vandy offense to seven points. 
But again, it was just nice to see a team go do what it needed to do. As far as the shootouts, <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy, man. I, I'm, you know, I, I know coaches are citing, oh, we didn't get spring ball, you know, we, we this and that and the COVID. I understand that. I'm still just really surprised that um, I, I'm really surprised that the defenses have struggled so bad across the league. I mean, we it's like the Big 12 in the SEC. Like, defense is optional at this point. So, you know, listen, I think if you're South Carolina, you need to just continue. Like I said, you need to feed the ball to Kevin Harris. Colin Hill needs to continue to be Colin Hill. You know, you need to hope, obviously, your defense improves. Maybe your defense can find some confidence, find a spark from this Vanderbilt game. But you just need to continue to take care of your business on the offensive side of the ball. I, I, I will say, and this is one of the reasons why I want South Carolina to go out and hire a young offensive mind, because, listen, I, I think the game, you know, it's partly the game is just offensive at this point. I, I mean, all of the rules defensively have been shifted to make it easier for the offense. I mean, you're not going to be an elite team if you can't score 40 on a weekly basis, at least 30 on a weekly basis. So, um, but, you know, overall, yeah, you're right. It's crazy, the shootouts that are happening. Um you know, can South kind of keep up? Can they get the stops they need defensively? You know, that's going to be key. That's obviously going to be key as we move forward. But, Ken, appreciate the voicemail, man. Let's move to this next one. Hey, what's up, Chris? Uh, Carolina Jackpot here. Chiming in from the upstate and a nice win today by the Gamecock. Second half, explosive, looked great. Um, I, I was really proud of uh, the way the team played today, and especially the, uh, Kevin Harris. Good Lord. I mean, what could you uh, say about the way that he played? I mean, you can't. I mean, that is just excellent. Just, uh, I, I'm so proud to uh, uh, you know, call myself a game caught today. But, you know, a couple of things. First off, do you think they waited a little bit too late to let Ron Zelensky get a little bit of action? I mean, last year, the fight the record that we had at the end of the year, he saved our ass. I mean, he came in in game two, and, and he stepped in there, and he played one hell of a season. And, you know, it, we're waiting until we're ahead by almost 40 points on Vanderbilt to kind of let him get in there. And I, I thought on the uh, little flip thing to Darion, uh, the carry-on, can't say his name right, Joiner, that uh, – he did it, but that wasn't him. He didn't get in the last drive. He didn't do anything, really. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? I think they could have let him in um, a little bit earlier. And also, something that really pissed me off was earlier on in the game, when it was 3 nothing. they sent Parker White in there to try a 54-yard field goal to make it 6 to nothing against Vanderbilt. I mean, like, points are at a premium. Like we're playing in a national championship game or a conference championship game. You know what I'm saying? And he missed it. Like many college kickers would, like most college kickers would do, like a hell of a lot of NFL kickers would do. And he had a chance to keep on chugging along and uh, hit the all-time record for consecutive field goals made by a South Carolina kicker. Might not mean a lot to people out in the mainstream world. It means a lot to him. It means a lot to people that have been kickers at the University of South Carolina. I thought that was kind of shitty. And just the kind of old conservative Will Muschamp route that we're used to. Make no mistake about it. Even though we won this game going away and we won it big, 
I would have had no problem with them leaving him in Nashville to become part of the Grand Old Opry. See you later. Good work, guy. Carolina jackpot. What a legend. What a legendary call. I'm going to go backwards. Um, yeah, that was shitty. That was shitty with Parker. I, I you know, you should have went for that. I think, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, especially with the, with the streak and the record on the line that, that was just, a, a that was a boneheaded decision. I, I hated it for him. I mean, like you said, it may not be a big deal nationally, but you know, to him, to his family, like the people he's close with, that was a pretty big deal. And there's been some really good kickers come through South Carolina. So to not, I mean, come on, man. You're going to ask him in the in the rain to go out there and try to hit a 54-yarder. I mean, come on, dude. Like, don't, don't do that to him. So that was definitely shitty. Um, I, I will say this. When we're having discussions and people are, you know, have their gripes about the backup quarterback not getting to throw enough passes late in the game in garbage time, God, keep me here forever. This is a great problem to have. This is a fantastic problem. I love this. You know, I think the biggest reason they didn't let Ryan air it out and throw it, bro, you're up 41 to 7. And that's, dude, we already know Muschamp is conservative. Why on God's green earth would you expect him to throw the ball up 34 points? I, I will say this, and you kind of mentioned it. I think this is where it goes for Carolina fans. Again, if anybody else not named Ryan Helensky was the backup, I don't think anybody give a damn about the backup playing, but it's the fact that people really have a soft spot and they feel for Ryan about what he did last season, his family story. Like, and I get it. I totally do get it. Like I'm a Ryan Helinski fan, man. I'm a Ryan Helinski supporter, everything, but Ryan Helinski's not QB one. He's not the better quarterback in my opinion. And, and listen, Colin Hill won the job fair and square. Like you can either live with that and accept it and support him or you just can't. Like, I don't really know what to tell you. I'm not saying Carolina jackpot, you're doing that. Cause I think, you know, it would have been nice to see Ryan sling it. It'd have been nice to see Ryan get some opportunities, throw the ball down the field, you know, let him get some stats, let him get on the stat sheet actually. But you know, he didn't and you're up 34 points and, I mean, I, I get why he didn't. I, I understand it. Um, did he actually? Did he throw a pass? Did he? Let me see. Did he throw? No, he did not. Okay, he did not throw a pass. I think he got sacked once or something. I think because I thought there was a pass. But either way, I'd have liked to see him throw it more for sure. I'd have liked to see him air it out. It didn't happen. I, I hope we see him again. Again, I, I don't know when we might because I think the only time you're gonna, as long as Colin stays healthy and continues to play the way he's playing, only time you're gonna see Ryan's in garbage time. So I don't know. I, I'm trying to look at the schedule, and I'm like, when are we going to be up 34 points again? Probably not the rest of the year. Um, last thing, and the first thing you mentioned, Kevin Harris. I talked about him all show. Offense needs to run through him. He's a phenomenal back, best back we've had since Mike Davis. He runs with a purpose. He runs seeking contact. He runs people over, tackling at your own risk. I mean, kudos to that young man. He, he's been fantastic and, and, again, exceeded, I think, all of our expectations. I mean, I, I knew Kevin Harris would be a – serviceable back he he has been far beyond serviceable he is truly the best running back in the sec that you've probably never heard of if you're not a gamecock fan so kudos to kevin harris for sure and that's why i gave him a game ball all right let's get in this next voicemail hey what's up chris uh this is michael uh it's been a while since i called in i definitely still been listening um i've been wanting to call in uh, ever since he has started by been so busy, but um, it was nice to see uh, Carolina take a W today uh, after an 0-2 start. Um, 
I know a lot of people are going to be gas gassing it up like, uh, oh, we can go 82 and all that. But, you know, I, I suggest everybody just, you know, just take it week by week, you know, uh, especially with the SEC the way it is right now. It's funny. Uh, it just seems like even though Corona has made it seem like sports has been, you know, haven't been able to enjoy it, shows producing some producing some great sports as far as, far as like the NBA playoffs and how good uh so how so good and competitive you know football been this year. But uh, yeah, I suggest we take it week by weekend. We we and it's still funny because coming still um into the year, even after three weeks, I still really don't know how good this uh South Carolina team is. You know, uh you you play some good SEC teams tough the first two weeks and then you blow out the teams supposed to so who knows? I mean, we'll definitely find out going out the season. Every game does seem a lot more winnable now. I do tell you that after uh, after uh, these three weeks. Um, they're really the only game that you can kind of say that gives you real, real worries is the Georgia game. And that's because they've probably been the most dominant. But still, in my opinion, Georgia hasn't really faced a great off- a good or great offense yet. And to me, their offense, I don't think could carry them if they face another great offense. So, who knows? Like I say, we're taking week by week. Don't want to get, don't want to get too uh, overly excited over this dub, but you want to appreciate it. You know, uh, it's been a while since we've a- able to blow out a team we supposed to blow out. So, um, glad we got the W and just want to call in and um, want to talk about some South Carolina football. All right, see you later, man. Michael, appreciate you calling in, man. It has been a while. Michael called in a lot last season, and it's, it's definitely good to hear from you, man. Hope you've been well. Um, you put it beautifully. I, I thought you put it beautifully. Listen, especially in 2020 with how crazy things are, this is very much like a week-to-week season. I, I know you can say that about every single season, but especially this year with the upsets and the way teams look and stuff like that, I agree with you. Appreciate the win. Again, you put it beautifully. I love the way you said it. Just – if you're a Gamecock fan, again, there's time we can bitch and moan and we can pick this team apart. We can say this and say that. Just appreciate the W. You know, when's the last time South Carolina thoroughly dominated an SEC opponent? I know last year you beat Charleston Southern, but an SEC game. When's the last time South Carolina thoroughly dominated an SEC team? And it just feels good. Appreciate the W. I agree with you because I'd ask you, you know, don't get too caught up in this win in the sense, like you said, all South Carolina's going to reel off seven in a row or anything crazy like that. It's like, did you really learn anything from this football game that you didn't um, that you didn't know about your team prior? I mean, maybe – I don't know that you learned that Kevin Harris is RB1. I think he solidified that. But, again, there, there's nothing major that came from this game that you're like, oh, that. We can pinpoint that as this team has turned some corner or whatever. But I agree with you. You put it beautifully, Michael. Appreciate the W. Soak it in. It's Vanderbilt. You went out, beat a team you're supposed to beat. You were more talented than you were better than them. You went out and did what you were supposed to do, which feels good to say. It feels good to say. So kudos to the guys. You process it. It is what it is. You move on. Now you got Auburn. Now you got a task, a taller task at home. Now you have an opportunity to, like I said earlier, get your season really completely back on track and really start to build some momentum in regards to this 2020 season. All right, let's wrap it up with voicemails. We got one more voicemail, and then we'll get into your listener questions. Hey, Chris, it's Phil Harris up here in New Hampshire. Um, nice win yesterday. It feels good to win um, against Andy Vandy. I mean, it's it's really not something worth getting overly excited about. It's just nice to win. 
it's nice to have you a smile on your face on Sunday, um, basking in the glow of beating a team that we should have beat anyway, but it still feels good. Um, I mentioned this previously um, on the wrap-up show, the post-game that you did. I'm hoping that this will propel wins against teams that we should be beating uh, this year or 50-50 games that we should win. But my concern is, you know, as we're watching these games, Is Bobo and Muschamp just too conservative um, on offense? I just don't know if they, when it's all on the line and they have to get a touchdown, are those the guys that can think outside of the box and get a win on offense if we need it down the road this year? I'm just not convinced that the way that they run their offense, that we can hurry up or do some sort of trickeration at the right time to winning game. That's my concern right now going forward. Um, yeah, Cox, must champ out. Appreciate the call, man. Tim Harris up in uh, New Hampshire cheering on the Gamecocks. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you also turning in the Daily Crow, uh, tuning into the Daily Crow, I should say, all that good stuff, supporting. Thank you so much, man, for real, for real. You're the real MVP. Um, like you said, man, it's it's you get a big dub. It was It's nice to just win. It just feels good to win. And you beat somebody you were supposed to beat. I agree with everybody saying don't get carried away. I think everybody sort of feels the same when it comes to that. Um you know, I, I think certainly, again, there are still issues. There are still things the Gamecocks need to sort out. Um, there are things you still need to fix. As far as them being too conservative, I, I mean, again, what did you learn from Saturday? I, there was nothing they showed me that would show – again, they're just who they are. I mean, I, I think – I don't think Muschamp's going to change. Like, he, he's I, – I feel like he's always going to kind of lean – towards being a conservative guy, uh, especially in the play calling, stuff like that. You know, we'll see as we go. I, I definitely, though, especially in this 2020 season, what do you have to lose? Just, just be be aggressive. Err on the side of being aggressive. Instead of kicking a 54-yard field goal, just go for it. Like, who gives a damn? It's just so on brand every time Muschamp decides to do something like that. So, Will it get better? I, I doubt it. I don't know. You know, obviously, I want to see the Gamecocks play aggressive, especially when you're playing in games where you're the underdog. Saturday was much different. I mean, you were favored by a lot. You should have won by a lot, and you did. Um, but, yeah, obviously, I, I'd love to see this South Carolina team, Bobo, Muschamp, turn up the heat a little bit, get them more aggressive. Will they? I don't know. Will they? I don't know. It, it's tough to say because Muschamp kind of is who he is at this point, in my opinion, and I don't know. I mean, maybe if you start, you know, now that you're having maybe a little bit more offensive success, you you do get more aggressive, whatever. Now that you've got Kevin Harris, if you're in a fourth and short especially, you get more aggressive. But I think it just kind of is what it is, man. You kind of got what you got at this point. All right, let's get your listener questions, and we'll dive into our interview. Ecarch08 says, hire Dawn Staley to coach the football team. <laughs> Somebody call her and see if she'd be interested. David underscore Barnes 76. Time to see Ryan Holinsky run some routes. He can drop passes just as good as anyone else. Um, Daggum it. I'm reading the wrong questions, guys. My bad. I'm reading the wrong questions. Here we go. Here's the question. So I was like, these questions sound really familiar. That is my bad. Um, 
D Robes Four says, "Can we not be so conservative?" Here are the right questions. Here we go. Starting it off. Yeah, again, turn up the heat. Be aggressive. What do you have to lose? Uh, Jay Morton underscore like underscore the underscore salt. Dak and Harris need to be consistently touching the ball. I agree. Like I said, I think the offense needs to run through Kevin Harris and then to carry on Joiner. He touches it one time and he goes forty-seven yards for a touchdown. Get him the football. Like you don't even have to throw it to him. Run some wildcat. Run some jet sweeps. Whatever you got to do. Get. Dak Joyner the football. Give him some more opportunities. I'm not saying give it to him 15, 20 times a game, but he needs to touch it five or six times, at least. Like, there's no there's no question. There's no excuse. Use your best athletes. Use your weapons. Why not? So, yes, yes, I agree 110%. Um, Bennett.Blackman, need this offense next week for sure, and Kevin Harris is the GOAT. Yeah, I want to see this team continue to build on that run the football. Run the football. It all starts with the running game for this offense, in my opinion. Chris underscore Noel eight thoughts on Shiloh uh, Sanders thoughts on Shiloh. I thought he played well. I, I thought he played well. Definitely could be better. I had some big hits on the sideline, stuff like that, but good to see him getting in the rotation for sure. Um, David underscore Barnes 76 first Carolina home win is against who? Well, if it's not this weekend, it's probably going to be Missouri. Um, but you got a great opportunity this weekend, man. Got a great opportunity for sure. Um, Cooper underscore Vaughn, 35, about time Colin Hill started running. Yeah, had that rushing touchdown. Like I said, dual threat quarterback alert. That was awesome. That was great to see. Um, let's see. Tater Hater, NSC. Wow, we beat the only team worse than using the SEC. We're one and done, son. I, I, that was a troubling to read. Um, again, like I said, enjoy the win. We can bicker. We can moan. We can bitch. We can pick this team apart later in the week. But right now, on a Monday – I'm enjoying this W. Um, David underscore Barnes 76. So with seven minutes left in the game, we have Ryan Linsky lined up out wide, just saying I called it. You did. boy, You did. Tyler.Wiggins23. Is there any way Muschamp can win you over for this year? Go five and five or better. You got the opportunity. It starts by getting a win against Auburn this weekend. Uh, you love Haley. Duh. If and when Muschamp gets the axe, what are some ideal or realistic options for head coach? I've talked about Joe Brady. Heupel from UCF. Billy Napier from Louisiana. Um, Who's the other one? My God, slipped my mind. Again, there are realistic options out there, in my opinion. I, I think there are realistic options. That's just a few. But just a young, offensive-minded guy, that's what I'm looking for. Um, Lanny Rayfield, when we be a top-20 team again, we can't be expected to be happy because we beat Vandy. Listen, again, like I said, I agree. I think most people are on the same page. When will we be a top-20 team again? I, when we start winning. I think we have talented players um, when we start winning games, though. Simple but plain. We got to start winning games. BC Bory, last question. How do we beat Auburn? And this is a fantastic question to close on because I will talk about it more later this week. But the things, the things that really jump out on in my head, get after Bo Nix because I think their offensive line is a major question mark and is a weakness. Secondary's got to play a lot better. Offensively, continue to run the football with success. Give the football to Kevin Harris. Get it to your best playmakers. You're at home. You will have a chance. I, I really think South Carolina has a good chance in this football game. All right. Really excited. Interview Colton Gauthier, 2021 quarterback commit. Really enjoy when we get the commits on and stuff like that because, you know, I talk so much to former players and hear their career, stuff like that. It's kind of nice to hear the other side. You know what I mean? Hear guys that have got it all out in front of them. So, again, Colton Gauthier, fantastic conversation. Really awesome kid. You can tell he's a quarterback, very much a leader. He has those leadership qualities and the way he spoke and really, really dope interview. And, again, a dope kid, too. Excited to see him in Garnet and Black. So, sit back. 
relax, enjoy. It's all brought to you by our friends over at Southern Oaks Remodeling. Guys, Southern Oaks Remodeling, locally and family owned over 15 years of experience. They specialize in roofing, windows, doors, siding, and additions, and they're serving the greater Columbia area. Guys, like I said, if you need any work done, any type of remodeling work, you have any project you want to take care of right now, Southern Oaks Remodeling is the way to go. Again, when you're bringing somebody in your home, it's a really personal experience, and especially when you're getting remodeling done. You're working with the people. You're working with the staff a lot. That, to me, is what separates Southern Oaks Remodeling, the people. It it has been a pleasure. It's been fantastic working with Southern Oaks Remodeling. Again, they're the only option. If you're in the Columbia area, they have the experience. They're locally and family-owned, and that's the thing that really – stands out you feel that you feel that vibe and then again they're going to take care of you they're going to do exactly what you want to do um they're, they're going to take care of any remodeling job you have again roofing windows doors siding additions whatever it may be stop putting off that remodeling job be sure to hit them up that southern oaks remodeling again in the greater columbia area if you are in columbia be sure to give the guys over at southern oaks remodeling a call and tell them chris phillips from the spurs up show sent you all right enjoy this interview with 2021 quarterback commit colton gothier All right, joining us in the Spurs Up show, very, very excited. He is a 2021 three-star quarterback commit for the Gamecocks. Six foot three, 205 pounds out of Decula, Georgia. He's at Hebron Christian Academy. 39th ranked pro quarterback, 101st ranked prospect in the state of Georgia. Like I said, he picked South Carolina over a host of schools, Arkansas, Colorado, Duke, Florida State, just to name a few amongst the host of others. But very, very excited to be chatting. 2021 three-star quarterback commit. Colton Gothier. Colton, appreciate you taking the time, man. It's a pleasure to have you on. I appreciate you having me on, man. Love it. Absolutely. So let's start kind of, Colton. I know we sort of talked about this uh, via DM or whatever, but right now we all know with the pandemic, the high school football scene is kind of crazy and just football in general as far as are you going to be playing games? There's no crowds. What's it going to look like? Whatever. I'll ask you, everything happened back in March, obviously, and you're going into a pivotal year for you, your senior year. Just talk about what you did over the course of the pandemic, the summer, whatever, to keep yourself ready, keep yourself sharp for when the season, if you guys played when it came, uh, when it came to your season. Yeah, so, um, you know, a big part of being a great quarterback is learning how to adjust on the fly. So um, I kind of used this time and when the pandemic came. And um, in my house, I got a weight room um, down in the basement. And I really just did everything that I could with what I have and, and just um, try to maximize um, the time that I had here, um, you know, not to sit around and, and, and just try to be productive with every day that I had. And, um, and like we talked about, I was on Zoom with coaches. Um, we had we had, I got a couple fields that are probably like five minutes from my house that um, they just keep open. And, you know, it was pretty cool. Like nobody would go. So I would just go out there on the field and and work on what I needed to work on. And um, so it was really cool just being able to like learn how to do that um, because obviously it's a really um, weird time. So just being able to learn how to adjust and um, just do everything that I possibly could to stay ready, um, whether that be stretching or um, nutrition or, or weight training. And, but it was really cool to kind of do it on my own. You know what I mean? Mm. You don't, sometimes you got a guy, you know, telling you what to do, but I kind of, got to get in there in the lab and kind of work on what I knew I needed to work on for myself. So, Yeah, I'll ask you, obviously, again, you're, you're committed to South Carolina. You're going to be a college quarterback next year. And I, obviously the recruiting process starts really early for you guys, especially yeah. when you're like yourself. You're, a, you know, one of, the, one of the best prospects in the country. But just talk about what are the things you've been working on 
throughout your entire high school career, but especially this year to get ready to make that jump to the college level? Like, what are you honed in on as far as like your game right now specifically? Yeah. So um, I don't know how many people know, you know, my story, um, but my high school career has been anything, anything but ideal. Um, I started my freshman year at Loganville High School where my mom teaches. Um, what wasn't the program wasn't what it needed to be. Um, went around looking for some schools to transfer to. I found Hebrew Christian Academy. Jeff Saturday, obviously the Hall of Fame center, was um, the head coach there at the time. And so we just fell in love with the place and fell in love with Coach Saturday and um, really felt like that was where I needed to be. So I transferred to Hebron. Um, had a great sophomore year. Obviously, I brought a lot of uh, college coaches in, brought a lot of attention to myself. Um, had an offensive coordinator. Um, he got fired after my sophomore season. Um, they brought in another offensive coordinator for my junior year. Um, still under coach Saturday. Um, had a really good year last year. Obviously, probably it was the best uh, year in Hebrew Christian Academy history. Um, coach Saturday then resigns as the head coach. Um, the whole entire staff leaves and we bring in a whole nother staff this year. So in four years, I've been to two different high schools. I've had three different head coaches and every year I've had to learn a new offense and literally a new offense. Like my sophomore or my freshman year, um, we did certain things. My uh, sophomore year, we did um, signal or we, we didn't do signals. We did like a wristband and we did a full huddle. My uh, junior year, we did kind of a sugar huddle with the linemen and we did a little bit of signals and now we're, no huddle, all signals. So um, through that adversity and what I've had to learn, like learning four playbooks on the fly in four years, I feel like that's been what's prepared me the most for going into South Carolina. Because um, obviously um, college offenses, especially under Coach Bobo, I, I've sat in meetings with him and I love everything that he talks about, but it's very high level. Um, the, the team goes as the quarterback goes, um, he puts on a quarterback as much as he can handle. Um, and so being able to learn that many offenses, it's like a language. You know what I mean? The more languages you learn, you, you get better at it. Um, and you learn how to study and how to, how, to, how to get better at all those things. So I feel like just that experience alone in my high school career, you know, a lot of people could look at it and be like, you know, like, why is me the oh, woe is me mentality? But I, I use that as um, something that I know is going to help me in the future and in these next four years at South Carolina. So. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that's what we heard, you know, when Bobo was hired and listening to him talk about Colin Hill and Ryan, just all, the entire quarterback position, though, he, yeah, he demands a lot out of his quarterbacks. I mean, he, oh, yeah. he puts it on them um, to make those calls, make those checks, yep. run his offense the way he wants it to be ran, yep. for sure. I, I'll ask you, that kind of brings me to this. Just, just talk about your recruiting process as a whole, like when those calls started coming in, when the offers started coming in, obviously, again, you have an impressive offer list. But what stood out about South Carolina? Obviously, Will Muschamp, Mike Bobo recently hired. But what what stood out about South Carolina for you that you felt like made it the right decision for you? Yeah, so after, like I said earlier, after my sophomore year was when I really started to draw attention to myself on a, on a national scale. Mm. Uh, my sophomore tape was really what brought – guys in to come see me physically um and you know sometimes I've had I had, I had like a couple workouts here and there throwing the ball so they could watch me live and that's how I earned a lot of my offers was during like spring workouts when they would come by and watch um you know a lot of people want to speculate and say oh you know they just throw them out I was like no like literally I had I think 30 offers 28 of my offers every single school came by to watch me so that speaks for itself and South Carolina, 
was one of those early schools that came in. Obviously, when Dan Werner was there, mm-hmm. um, he came by. But Coach Muschamp was the first guy that I really talked to. Um, obviously, left Coach Muschamp. Um, Coach Werner came by, saw me throw, um, offered me after that. And, and it was just that early offer for me that was really what kind of made them stick out enough for me to go take a visit. Mm-hmm. And once I got on campus – um, I think the first time I was on campus was um, I think it was for camp in the summer and just seeing the facilities and how much is at the player's disposal and how many opportunities there are in Columbia really, really just appealed to me and my family. And then also came back for the game versus Kentucky last year. Mm. And at that point, when I came back for that game, I had been to Clemson I had been to Florida State. I've been only. I had been to all these great places, and I came back to South Carolina. And just that atmosphere of the game and the fans and the towels. Um, after that game, I was on the way home. Like I couldn't hear. Like it was. It was legit, man. And I and I love the atmosphere and the energy. Um, and I think that's what that's what did it for me. And then also when. Coach Bobo got hired. Hmm. Uh, I know a lot of guys that know Coach Bobo. I've heard nothing but great things about yeah, him. Yeah, obviously was big in the state of Georgia. I mean, obviously yeah. spent a ton of time at Georgia. So he's he's a legend around here. So yeah. I'm obviously I grew up watching Georgia. I wasn't I don't I don't consider myself a Georgia fan growing up, but I that was you know, obviously live in Georgia. That's the team that I would watch. And Coach Bobo was obviously there for a lot of the years. And then before I committed, I went back right before Corona had hit. I think it was around February, March, right before Corona had hit. And I sat down with Coach Bobo and Coach Muschamp, and I got to listen to how Coach Bobo articulates his offense, um, his plan, what he wants to do, how to put people in the right spots. And, and just sitting in those meetings and um, with, with Connor Shaw and, and Colin Hill and Helensky and all those guys um, was a big deal for me too. And while I was there, like – um, through the experience, you meet different players and you kind of get a feel for them. Well, every time I went, like me like and Ryan and, and Luke had become pretty much like like cool best friends. You know what I mean? Like I felt like part of the family mm. already and I'm not even there yet. Like I still have, like at that time, I still had like almost a year to go. Mm. Um, so all that combined was just, I just felt it in my heart too. Um, and it obviously happened at a really good time too, like right before Corona had hit. And I know a lot of guys right now, there's a lot of stuff happening. Like people are trying to just almost like an RSVP, like they're just holding their spot just to make sure (laughs) that they're safe. You know what I mean? So there's a lot going on, but that's not the case with me. I really took my time. I think I took three visits to South Carolina. So I really took my time to make sure that was the right decision for me. And I still feel like that today. So I want to talk to you, Colton, a little bit, because I think it's interesting about the 2021 class as a whole, because it feels like, you know, with all due respect to the other positions, that when you have a quarterback in the class, he's kind of he's kind of the guy that you know leads the charge, if you will. You know, talks okay. to other guys, gets them to commit. And I, I just yeah. think the last couple of years, and I mean, really, dude, it speaks to the quarterback room that South Carolina's building because you know it was Ryan a few years ago. Last year it was Luke Doty. This year it's you. Next year it's Gunnar Stockton. I mean, it's you know it's, the quarterback room is going to be crazy. I mean, for one thing, but just talk about what it's been like for you again, kind of being, I, I feel like just, it's just natural when the court, when you have a quarterback committed, um, he's sort of the guy leading the charge. Like I said, especially for the offensive guys, he's reaching yeah. out to guys. Hey, come play with me. Let me, let me throw yeah. to you. Like yeah. block from me. Come, yeah. 
come be my guy in the backfield with me. Like just, just talk about, I guess, some of your, some of your classmates, the 2021 class guys, you, guys you've met, guys you've uh, built relationships with, looking forward to playing with, like just kind of what that's been like sort of yeah. spearheading that 2021 class, if you will. Yeah. So um, as a quarterback, you have to learn to be a people person for reasons exactly like this. Um, and obviously, you know, for the other reasons of leading the football team, you know, um, all those things. Um, it's really been cool, the relationship that I've built with a lot of these guys, even if they don't come to South Carolina. You know what I mean? You, mm. Like a lot of these guys, like in the recruiting process that go through the same process as you, there's very few people that get to go through the processes that we go through. Mm. So it's really cool just talking to other people and hearing their sides of um, how they saw the recruiting process. You know, it's all about perspectives. So um, I just – I enjoy reaching out to guys and, and – and, you know, being like, I, I want to make sure it's known. Like, I'm not just reaching out to you because I just want something from you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. I enjoy reaching out to people to build those relationships. And I tell people, you know, we've lost a couple commits. And I told them, hey, man, it's all love. Like, this relationship wasn't built just because we wanted you at South Carolina. That's a big part of it. Mm -hmm. And, but, but that's like, we're not going to stop talking just because, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, Keon Coleman, like, I reached out to Keon um, before he committed to Kansas. He obviously commits to Kansas and, and we still hit it off and we still talked and obviously just decommitted. So that's one of the guys that I'm on really hard right now. Still on Michael Trigg. Um, and it's really cool just to see like their perspectives of the recruiting process. Um, and it makes you want to talk to more guys. And it's really cool. Like the, the class that we've built in the 21 class um, between Bryce and Sam, my roommate, uh, Trenilius, like we, we kind of just branch off into our own things. Like I'll take the receivers um, the big, big target guys, you know, Bryce will take care of the defensive guys. And so we kind of have this own little system that we got set up that's really cool. Um, and being able to bring guys and bring attention to South Carolina, obviously, um, it's a little it's a little tough right now because I tell people all the time this is how it was for me. Um, the biggest selling point of South Carolina is like you got to get there. Right. You got to go to a game or you've got to go see the indoor or the facility you know what i mean so mm -hmm. that was my that's my biggest selling point and i try and do um adjust this as much as i can by sending um you know these guys videos back in march coach muschamp they uh they did like the tour of the facility like virtually mm -hmm. um obviously we couldn't take our officials which sucks because those look really fun so mm -hmm. i try and send as much as i can you know as much as the videos will do it justice to these guys, just to try and get them to understand, like, hey, man, like, South Carolina is a legit place. You know what I mean? And a lot of these guys that we recruit were in my position. Like, they have 30 other options they can go. So you have to really capitalize on on understanding why South Carolina, what you got to be straight to the point and understand what makes it different than all these other places that you have offers from. You know what I mean? And I, I think it's helped me to understand that being a quarterback going through the process of having 30 offers, um, having guys recruit you and being on the other side of it. Now, now I'm on the flip side of it and trying to get guys to come play with me. So I think it's a really cool process. And um, like I said, it's tough right now, you know, with the whole Corona thing, not being able to get recruits on campus, which I think is the stupidest thing ever. Right. Um, but yeah, man, I'm just enjoying it. Um, I'm doing the best I can. I know all of our guys, Bryce, Sam, they're, they're doing the best they can too. Yeah, you mentioned Bryce, Colton. I want to ask you a, a question that I asked Bryce as well. As far as for you, personal goals and team goals. Are, are there any, you know, again, I know you're not going to be on campus for a couple more months or whatever, but are there any 
off the top of your head or maybe things you've sat down in your room and thought about personal goals and team goals for yourself once you get to Carolina? Um, once I get to Carolina, I definitely um, thought about, you know, the goal every year up, up there is pretty much to win the SEC. Um, and so I've definitely thought about that. Um, I, I'm the kind of guy that um, I like to stay in the moment. So I haven't put much thought into that specifically, but I have put a lot of thought into making myself the best, the best version of me that I can be so that South Carolina and the team reaps the benefits of that when I get there. Um, like, like personally, like for um, this year, my senior year, I'd like to throw for 3,500 yards. That would put me over, um, that would put me over 8,000 yards in three years. Um, but I, I tell, um, reporters that all the time because South Carolina reporters will come out and they ask me the same question I'm like well that doesn't really matter right now what matters is the team goals and we want to win state championship Mm -hmm. so the mentality that I have right now of yeah personal goals are great but team goals are the goals that really matter is going to carry over and transfer when I get to South Carolina it's just going to be on a bigger scale you know what I mean you've got a lot more guys that um and you, you know in high school like I'm the only guy on my team going to a really big division one school on my team so you have some guys here and there that don't, you know, just play football just because, and they don't really have any ambition. Mm. Uh, they just play it because their boys play it. But when you get, you know, to South Carolina, obviously that kind of weeds itself out a little bit more. Mm. Uh, so you got a, you got a, you got a group of 22 guys that have the same mindset as, as you and want the same things as you. And they're going to work their ass off to get that. So um, I think that's where, I'm at right now, you know, just like I said, focusing on myself, making myself the best version of me, because I know when I get to South Carolina and I continue to work on that process for myself, that that, um, I'm going to reap the benefits, but also it's in an unselfish way. My teammates and the university is going to reap the benefits of that as well. For sure. Now, Colton, we, we could talk about football all day, but you have a phenomenal head of hair, sir. Um, I appreciate it. I, I want to ask you first, did you see the graphic when Colin Hill was named yeah. starter about the quarterbacks, <laughs> South Carolina quarterbacks, yeah. and like the great hair they've had? Hey man, they didn't. Danny Hill, Stephen Garcia. Yeah, I was gonna say Danny Hill, Garcia, Hill, and now I feel like you're falling right in line with that. With oh yeah, South Carolina quarterbacks with great hair. I mean, they didn't do me a justice, man. The picture that they used, I had just got my hair cut like probably a day <laughs> before, man. Like now, like I don't. So what happens is like my school. They got a set of rules. They've kind of, you know, got to keep it off the shoulders, man. Got to yeah, keep it off the shoulders. Yeah, that's pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> but like, I'm not going to school right now. Right. Um, I'm doing online learning so we can keep, you know, our football players like out of, you know, any right. risk of COVID because if somebody gets it, we're out for two weeks. And right, we're, really, right. um, um, we're not one of the biggest schools. So we, we're really like shallow on our guys. So we need everybody we can get. Right. We'll get everybody. So, Right now, I'm I'm chilling at the crib doing my work. Like I can grow it as long as I want. Um, but growing up, man, like I got a, I got a couple of pictures of me from my freshman year where it was twice as long as this. So like I've always had the long hair, always been nicknamed Sunshine, um, especially because you know I play guitar and that kind of. It's funny they were calling Colin Hill Sunshine. So like, yeah, it, you I do, have two it, Sunshines in the in the quarterback room. Hey man, you don't have to look anything <laughs> like Sunshine if you got long hair. And Here, I don't know if you knew that. this by the way. Little little fact for you. What people don't realize, Sunshine played at South Carolina. Ronnie Bass pl- played yeah, at South I Carolina. Know yeah. that. Late, cool. I think, what was it? Late sixties, early seventies. He actually played that. at USC. So it's just like crazy. meant to be. 
It's yeah. Be. I mean, no, I'll... straight up. Yeah, that definitely makes this group <laughs> a bit better. Yeah, I think I think Garcia and Hill might want you to grow a beard, but yeah, beard's not for everybody. We'll just go I've talked to I've talked a little bit to uh, Garcia about it. It's it, it's a, it's a running <laughs> joke. It's pretty funny, but um, yeah, it's it's funny how that works out, man. Like like I said, like I didn't grow it out because I saw Colin and and Garcia. Like I've had long hair every probably five six years. You know what I mean? So. It definitely does feel like it's it all comes together meant to be, and it's funny yeah. you see a guy like Luke Doty who's got like the Connor Shaw military <laughs> cut, and it's like when he came in, he had a buzz cut, man. yeah, straight yeah. up, just so tight. It's like yeah. my goodness. Yeah. I, you, you mentioned too as well, you shred, you, you shred for sure. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I saw a picture on your Instagram. You got like the Guns and Roses poster, and like yeah, I man. mean, you're you're like a big music guy. Talk about talk about that a little bit. You got a video on your Instagram as well, which I think the coolest part is you're wearing the Gamecock shirt when you're on stage, yeah. um, obviously you've got a life outside of football. Just, just talk about where that, that love for music and that passion came about. Yeah. So a lot of, you know, people don't really know that about me much. Cause I don't, I don't like to put that out there a lot. Um, but I actually picked up a guitar before I picked up the football. Mm. Um, I got so many stories that I could tell <clears throat> growing up, like before I was even born, like my dad said that he, my where I get my love for the 80s rock and in the music in general um in my musical ear is my dad mm. uh, and like when I picked up a guitar I could I've gotten to the point to where um I've been playing my whole life like I can hear a song and I can play it by ear so that's just a natural gift that I have um and so growing up like before I was even born my dad would put the headphones over my mom's stomach and play Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses, you name it. <laughs> Van Halen obviously passed away. I know, my- right? R.I.P. I was going to ask you about that. R.I.P. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. So Crazy. Uh, all those people, and they were those were my heroes growing up as well as, you know, um, you know, Brett Favre. Like, it, it was really cool how football and that music kind of came together. So, like, you know, some kids have heroes. Like, my heroes were, you know, Slash, Van Halen, Brett Favre. Um, so it was kind of like a football – uh, music mix, which I think is really unique to me. And um, my dad, one story off the top of my head, my dad had a truck, this old beat up truck when I was playing. He was my coach when I was little. Um, I was probably like seven or eight. And we had got this old truck and it was old beat up truck. It was spray painted camouflage. Like it was like, it was beat up now. And so we had, it had a CD player in it. And um, he had a Motley Crue greatest hits CD like all the greatest hits, like Dr. Feelgood, all that kind of stuff. And he put it in and, you know, on the way to practice, we're listening to it for a week passes. We're listening to it every day. I'm like, dad, I want to listen to uh, Van Halen. I think it was Van Halen. Mm. He's like, all right. And he goes to press the button to eject the CD. Mm. Well, it it, is broke. Like the CD ain't coming out. And we had that truck for probably six or seven years. So every day on the way to football, or wherever we went, grocery store, wherever we went, we would listen to Motley Crue. And so that really developed that love for that that kind of music. And obviously, um, growing up, like, I would watch, um, you know, Slash play guitar, Sweet Child of Mine. It's probably one of the first songs I learned how to play. And I would watch them and go do it myself. And so just from years and years of playing, my dad knows a lot of guys that are in the music industry and um but I'm also cultured and, you know, I, I like, I like the rap game. I listen to Machine mm-hmm. like all those guys. Um, so music's just a really big part of what I do. Um, I spent a week out in Cali this summer training with Austin Carter Samuels, who is a former Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. quarterback and, and he's the same way. So it's kind of like that Cali thing. You know what I mean? Like mm. we're making breakfast and we put on music, you know what I mean? So mm. just music is just a big part of um, what I do and who I am. Like I said, I picked up a guitar before I ever picked up the football. And that's kind of something that I do to kind of get away from the getaway. You know what I mean? Football is my main thing. That's why I don't really like to put a lot of the music stuff out there because I don't want it to make it seem like, oh, he he just all he right. he's using football for me. You know what I mean? Like right, right. I'm all for football. Like I'm gonna give it my all because I know that's where I'm most blessed and most gifted. Um, but yeah, man, music is is such a huge part of of who I am and what I do, and I, I study that stuff and I, I love. Um, and just Saturday is also a big, he's a big guy like that too. And that's the stuff that he listened to. Um, so I'm very cultured in that area. And, um, I just, I enjoy music in general, man, all kinds of music. I love it. I love no, it. I was going to say, it's dope. You have that getaway, man. Everybody needs it. You know what I mean? No matter yeah. what it is, everybody needs that escape, you know, whatever that hobby whatever it is. I mean, Absolutely. you know, just you're good at it. You're blessed with the talent. Use it. Uh, I'm going to get you out of here, Colton. I, you've been gracious with your time, but I want to ask you last thing. And I, again, I asked Bryce this as well, but I'm curious to get your answer. I know it's probably going to be tough to tough to answer this necessarily and narrow it down. But if you, you had to pick something that jumps out, the one thing, or maybe it's a couple things, but what you're most looking forward to when you get on campus, you get that garnet and black on, what you're most looking forward to from being at South Carolina? That's, that's, that, that definitely is a tough question. <laughs> I think for me – like I said, I'm I'm a I'm a person I like to keep it, you know, one step at a time, um, maximizing today, because um, tomorrow holds a different different thing. So I'm a big person with that, and so I think when I get there, there's a lot of unknowns. Um, be third on the depth chart could start. You know, there's a there's a lot of things. I know where my mentality is, and I know that I'm gonna coming in there like I'm gonna win the job, and like I'm I'm gonna be the starter. Uh, but also be humble about it. You know what I mean? So I think the one thing that I'm really looking forward to, whether I'm third string, first string, w- whatever, um, is that first time putting on that garment in black and running out of the tunnel hmm. at a home game. I think I think that is when – because I'm early and rolling. Hmm. So it's a, it's a grind from January to whenever August – or whenever when we actually get that first home game it's a grind you're you're nothing but ball you're grinding you got spring you got summer like it's it's a grind and so i think for however many months i think it's eight or whatever however many months until that first game you know you're gonna be grinding you're gonna be grinding you're gonna be pushing yourself you're gonna get tired you're gonna be like man and then that first time you run out of the tunnel you're gonna be like that's what i do it for this is why i do it you know what i mean because that experience that you get to run out of the tunnel and I've talked to a lot of former players and they said it's the, the same thing. It, it, like you can't, you, you can't articulate it to somebody. You can say, yeah, there's fans and, and, and smoke and fire and music. you can say all that. But when you run out of the tunnel for that first time in front of 85,000 people that are screaming, it's, it's a once in a lifetime thing. So I think where I'm at right now is just earning that, mm-hmm. you know, you're not just given that. So every day I look forward to earning that. Like I said, whether I'm first whether I, whatever I'm doing, what it doesn't matter. I think that's the one thing that I'm really looking forward to. And then from there, um, just looking forward to new things. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really what I'm excited for, man. I've seen a bunch of videos. I've been there live for it, but man, I can't wait for that. That's going to be crazy. Good stuff. Colton, I lied. Last question. Obviously, yeah. Colin may be on campus when you get there. 
Um, how long you think in the hair is going to go or grow out? I mean, because you can grow it as I guess you can grow it as long. I don't know if Muschamp. I mean, Collins is long. Collins his is, is very, part of mine, his man. Is very, yeah, his is yeah. his is definitely down the shoulder. Are we going to be like yeah. covering up the nameplate? Like, what's what's the plan with the uh, the flow coming out the helmet? Get, like, <laughs> like man, like you man, don't, hey, you don't want somebody coming from behind you and pulling. Yeah, that thing, it, yeah. that's that's what don't you don't want. Get, yeah, I don't think it'll ever get <laughs> that long, but it, it'll definitely get. Like I, I like to have it to where like it kind of flows out the back of the helmet. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it ain't <laughs> yeah. covered that my swag, man. Movie. That swag. Yeah, yeah straight up. Like, have that flow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So the flow, like I like to have that. Um, like when you run in it, it, you know, it bounces a little bit. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there you go. That's um, it. I don't know if it'll ever get like Colin Hill long, man. His is his is pretty long. That probably if I if it did, probably like the longest it would get, man, because. They got uh, spur cuts in the locker room. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Got, yeah, so, man, I'd probably be over there all the time, man, so. Yeah, Collins is long for sure. Well, Colton, appreciate you being gracious with your time, man. I know I can speak for all Gamecocks, and I say we're all obviously looking forward to you, your 2021 classmates getting on campus, and, uh, you know, really excited to see you in that Garnet and Black. So, appreciate you taking the time, man. Let's definitely do it again soon. And like I said, really excited to uh, for what's the future holds. Love it, man. I appreciate you having me on here. For sure. He's Colton Gothier. I'm Chris Phillips. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on an episode of the Spurs Up Show. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.